Hey everyone, before we uh, start the podcast today, I just wanted to uh, come on here and say I hope you are all are well during this uh, crazy time in our lives with the COVID-19 virus going on. Um, I know a lot of us are at home doing our best to stay healthy. Uh, some people are out of, out of work, so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, um, I just hope you all are doing well and getting through this thing. Um, so on this episode of the podcast, we're, uh, talking with Ricky Roberts, the third, he's the author of several books, including the one we're going to be talking about mostly, which is called thank you skateboarding. Um, we're also going to break it up into five parts to make it a little bit easier and more consumable for you. So the episodes are going to be a little bit smaller and we're going to break it down with various, uh, chapters of his books. And we'll finish the little series of him actually talking about the bookmaking process, which will be uh, pretty cool. So sit back, relax, um, and enjoy the podcast. Thanks for being the second guest. This is super duper cool. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. And, you know, I don't know, you know, too much about you. Other than that, you you, you followed us, you connected with us. Um, I, I figured out you you wrote this this book. I bought the book. Um, I'm almost finished with it. I got like 20 pages left. Um, nice. it's, a, it's a great read. Um, so could you just tell the, the listeners, the viewers, however they're listen to this podcast um just give people like i don't know a couple like two or three minutes of who you are a little little background about ricky roberts um really quick background it's um the thank you skateboarding is my eighth book i have seven other books out um you know i grew up in a dysfunctional abusive home experienced a lot of violence uh, got stabbed nine times at the age of 17 I, I, in a street fight, and that sort of evolved into me assessing my life, looking at how I was thinking about myself, how I was feeling about myself, kind of decisions I was making at the time. From there, I, I, I knew I had to start changing, and part of that was I got a notebook. I started writing, reflecting on stuff. Long story short, the like that writing became more involved for me, and several years later, I really released my my first book, and it's just been a evolution ever since. So, you know, currently I, I I write books, and I'm also the founder of an organization called You Are Value, which is a movement of valuing others that just spreads this real simple ripple of kindness thing, um, and lifelong skateboarder been skateboarding for I like over 30 years maybe over let's see 11 30 40, yeah over 30 years 32 33 years dang what what originally got you into skateboarding someone I can you know I think about who it was I don't know who it was but someone like it was a my older brother's friend came over and he had a skateboard I ended up using someone's skateboard 
one day and at that point I just knew right away that I wanted to skate I like something about being on the skateboard and then um, I got a used skateboard from someone at the time I was really into BMX racing uh, traveling around with this guy that uh, my family you know at that time my dad had left I didn't have you know we didn't have a lot of money but there was a guy I knew who was the father of, of someone I raced with and he made his living um, taking photos at the races. So when my friend stopped racing, I still traveled with him. I'd go around all the different races. I was super involved in it. Then I, I started bringing that board that I had to the races because I felt like I would be gone all weekend. I would go sometimes on the road for a little bit, but I, I would like miss skateboarding so much. So I started bringing my board to the races and then I like got to the point where I was almost missing my motos, they called them, like my my heat, because I was out in the parking lot skateboarding. <laughs> and one weekend I decided, I, was, I said, because I would race Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, every weekend to get my points for national races. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay home and skate all weekend. I'm not going racing. That was it. <laughs> I just... That was like the switch? That was it. I like I did that the whole weekend, and I knew from that point on, I wanted to focus everything into skateboarding and learning and progressing, and just I didn't want to be away from my skateboard. Yeah, and that or, was I never turned back. You know, were you um, ever sponsored? I I was. I I it's kind of like a flow thing um, for Milk Skateboards, Christmas Soys company like back in the day um how did that happen i was just getting sponsor me tape oh it cool just yeah it was like i i made some footage and i don't have any footage from back then i think i just like i don't even think you thought of copies then you just sent what you had yeah um and then i kept sending them footage after that but it was sent him a tape and pretty much kept calling and bugging the guy, whoever I was talking to, team manager, whoever it was, <laughs> eventually he started sending me stuff. And um, yeah, I kept, I, I was like filming, they were doing a video. He kept asking for footage for the video. I was sending him footage all the time. That video, I don't, it, nothing ever came of it. You know, they ended up closing, you know, and um, you know, I skated several AM contests. There's a generation where Skated again because I was in Florida. Skated against Andrew Reynolds, Billy Rohan, and a few other guys. We skated these contests called Fassel. Had, uh, had a okay. great time. It was the Florida edition of Castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. So you were in contest with Andrew Reynolds. Yeah. Oh wow! Definitely never beat him. Um, <laughs> he was just dude. Even back then, it it was. He was just on it. He was he was he was on his level for sure in yeah. the contest. He was shredding, um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. Did any people from like Jacksonville come down, like Clyde Singleton or Kane Gale? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys, Clyde Singleton. Um, I don't remember Kane. A dude from Miami used to come up. I forget his name. You know how contests would be. It would just, they were always so hectic, and yep. I would know a lot of faces, but the names, you know, yeah. I didn't. Did you do them. pretty well in the contest, or was it? No, I mean, I did. I think I got third once, oh, fourth cool. and fifth a couple times. Those are in the top ten. Yeah, that's uh, good. Several times, you know. Um, 
but it was you know at that time the levels were so different of what you needed to do in a contest to place well obviously it was in the in the 90s but i worked hard at it man like when i knew a contest was coming up i i put a lot of time in really nailing down some tricks before before the contest happened so i could get them in runs yeah focus the energy on landing landing the tricks yeah that's awesome um let's uh let's let's dive into your book a little bit and i know we're gonna kind of like break this up oh yeah i told you one was coming same same one that was on goldie's episode luna she 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 loves it (laughs) you you (laughs) can stay here all you want um yeah i know we're gonna like break it down to like some mini episodes which would be pretty cool um I just really I like the I like the flow of your book from like the different chapters. Um, no, we we don't we're, we're not playing with bags. <laughs> um, you want to like let's let's talk about like perspective and like skater yeah, yeah. and like skaters' perspective of <laughs> the world and like everything <laughs> of just how we see Love things it. super differently. Love it. Um, and just real quick, out, out of uh just back to the sponsor thing I'm in my head I'm just thinking I had a shop sponsor before that not to say like I had these sponsors but out of respect for the people that have done a lot for me oh yeah no, shop definitely. sponsor that's no longer around and um they were called Sundance and then later on in my 20s when I like I took some time off and wasn't really skating much and started again and then had a local sponsor uh Bob Bolotowitz he he was a surfboard shaper but also had um, skate products, and he he took care of me for a while. So I just just out of respect for them. No, you know, since you asked that question. Oh yeah, no, um, you gotta gotta give respect where but, respect is due. Yeah, yeah, because any any hookup on products and any flow of any sorts is always so appreciated for any skateboarder. So yeah, much love and respect for for that. Um, but perspective. Yeah, that that section in the book was all. That whole book was one of my favorite books at this point to write. I just it, it just was such an. Um, I was feeding off so much inspiration from the the people I have the privilege to skate with, and and just the vibe and love of skateboarding was all just flowing so fluidly in, in writing that book. But uh, perspective, it's like skateboarders everything is different when you start to skate like the way you look at anywhere you are any stairs you're walking up or handrail you're holding on to or even if you've never done handrail you're still like it's the part of the way you start to see the world when you're driving down the road but beyond obstacles that you notice and see as a as a skateboarder it's also how we look at life you know and how we look at problems and and how there's this and the common thread in so many skateboarders that I've seen and, and know this this part about them that the way they see the world and the way that they're able to create different things in their life or uh, pursue different passions and um, the tenaciousness that is bred from being a skateboarder in, in terms of like not seeing things as something that's going to hold you down and hold you back, but how you're going to overcome it. And that, that idea of, um, 
the the idea in that section is just the perspective that skateboarding cultivates the the positive perspectives that you get from skateboarding yeah do you do you find yourself when you're driving do you like especially if it's like a a newer area that you haven't been to do you find yourself when you're like driving in a new area do you do you drive a little slower and you're like are you a little bit more like receptive (laughs) to your surroundings absolutely man like just looking at so many different parts of the city you know and and as i've gotten older of course it's like when i was younger i'd see that and be like oh dude that's like look at that set of stairs or that gap is totally doable let's i just want to do it now it's more of like in terms of getting in the bigger stuff it's seeing it just appreciating it, you know, like, wow, that's just a good thing to skate. Um, but it could be the simplest things too. You know, when you're walking, say you're, you know, with your wife or friends or girlfriend, whoever it is, every, it's especially in a new place, it's like you're walking, but, and sometimes in my mind, I'm skating through wherever I'm walking. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I mean, I think to any skateboarder that would make full sense because they're probably like envisioning like a, a trick that they like either could do, or maybe it's something that they're like picturing somebody else do like one of their friends. Like I know that I, I do that with like certain people. I'm like, Oh, like this, like my friend could be able to do this and i'm already seeing what they could do like in my brain so i'm like oh i gotta make like well now it's it's easier with technology you could just like be like okay like cross streets like but before you would just like kind of catalog it and remember where the place is yeah and dude i'm I'm so glad you said that because that's part of the beauty of skateboarding is you don't just see things for yourself. You see things like, oh, my friend so-and-so could do this trick on that or this over that. It, it's it's rather you said that because I do that all the time where I see things where it's not something I would skate or even at the park. It's not something I would do, but I can see someone that I skate with doing it and um it's just as cool to, to have those visions and ideas about things when you see them. No, fully. Cause I know like my like personal like level and like capabilities and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I definitely like can't do that. But I'm just like, Oh, I know somebody who can, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to bring them back here and like hopefully make that, you know, reality. Right. So yeah, and you get to experience the trick kind of through them when you're stoked about it. You're like, oh, dude, I could see you doing this, and then they do it. It sometimes I joke with um, certain people I skate with where it's like, yeah, you're my video game character. So I'm like, hey, you got this on this obstacle or whatever it is, and I get to no get that joy out of it, you know? Yeah, no, you're like you. I don't know, like how when people like live vicariously like through others. Yeah, it's like the certain. It's it, it aligns right there with that, I think. So I don't know. And I think we do that with each other as skateboarders. You know, there's this this um, shared stoke, and I talk about that in the book. Uh, um, I forget which section, but there's sometimes I get just as excited to see someone do a trick than if I did the trick myself. 
Oh yeah, yeah definitely. See their stoke on it, and just you're like, it's like you're a part of it. Yeah, no, fully, fully agreed. And then if like you can, like document it and capture it to like rewatch it over again, like yeah, I don't know. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Do you think that skaters have like a? I don't know if like better is the right word but because they're because their like perspective is obviously different do you think that like the way that they like solve problems like outside of skateboarding i i definitely different you know and i i err saying better because there's, you know, even when writing this book, I'm thinking of so many different extreme sports that could connect on certain aspects of like the thread, you know, in the book. No, fully. But um, in terms, I think skateboarders are brilliant, you know, in, in so many different ways and um, aspects. We it, like when you talk about um, solving problems, I'm like instantly thinking about, you know, the uh, the section on focus where. It's like you think, and I was thinking about this this morning when you're learning a new trick. So I was trying a new trick yesterday, and it's like there are so many different. It's a puzzle. Like, the, okay, where exactly is the angle of my back foot? Where on the tail does it need to be if I'm going off the tail? Where is my front foot? How is that shifting? What approach angle do I need to take up to this new trick that I'm trying? And then in any trick of what speed, what momentum. Um, you know, is the obstacle uh, slick, sticky, whatever. all these things you're assessing in milliseconds as you're coming up to do a trick yeah. over and beyond the fact that you may be over and come in a fear to do the trick in the first place. Right. So this happens every time you skate. That yeah. like mental activity in this, the way it's firing to focus and do what you do on a skateboard, regardless of what that is and what level it is, yeah. is is like this beautiful exercise for your mind. Is that having said that oh, all going. of this is happening? So then, when like random problems come up, I've seen skateboarders figure stuff out that would like blow my mind. I know skateboarders that are some of the the. Um, most brilliant people I know in terms of what they do for their career path or their work. And I attribute all of that to what skateboarding did for them in their mind and what it took and takes to be a skateboarder in terms of that, like mental ability to focus and solve problems and be acutely aware of the smallest thing and adjustment that can help you be better. Do you think that's why so many people who like aren't skaters trip out on like this is like magic almost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still tricks for as long as I've been skateboarding. When I see them, like you know, I, I can rationalize. I know it makes sense, but then sometimes you're like, I don't understand. Like I, I, I don't get it. But we skateboard, so there's like that connection to it where we know that's just us being like, it's just rad. That's an amazing trick. It's mind blowing, right? Yeah. But for the people who, and and I think that that's why the common spectator 
gets more excited and not, to, I mean, more excited about certain things that maybe not even be a difficult trick. Yeah. But because they can comprehend it, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, I think that they don't know because their, their mind isn't able to like process exactly what's going on because they haven't done it. Yeah. It's not geared towards like the, the, the skaters like brain that's been like conditioned to do these tricks whether it's like automatically or if it's something that took them a considerable amount of time to like learn and they're still like in the process of learning a trick yes do you think people are gonna what do you think people's the viewing audience of perspective on when and if the olympics does happen like, what do you think the global audience will, like, what do you think their perspective on skateboarding is going to be? Well, yeah, I think it's it's going to be one of those things where it'll be mixed. You know, you if um, they may not understand maybe judging, where, like, if someone's doing a lot of technical stuff in and out of rails, or I'm just talking street, you yeah, know, yeah, no. um, the street course, not the the uh, the parks that they'll have as well. But just using that as an example, to them, if someone is doing that and doing a lot of technical stuff versus someone who may do, like, a few big airs, and not to minimize big ollies, because that's one of my favorite things to see ever, is just a nice, floaty, solid ollie. Yeah. But in their minds, they won't understand why the other person may have scored higher. So there may be that, like, I wouldn't call it an issue, but, uh, you know, it's it's just lack of knowing. Yeah, lack they, of understanding. Uh, like, why, yeah. why does this score higher than this as opposed to this? Right. Which, you know, now that I think about it, the announcers, they do a great job, I think, of that. Like, if you watch Street League or X Games, it seems like they really try to educate as they're announcing. And I think that there would probably be a little more attention on that, even um, in the Olympics, considering the global audience and the fact that so many of those people in the audience may not have a history with skateboarding right. or understanding of it. So yeah. it's it would be interesting. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I will. I think regardless of how people see it and what their perspective is of it, skateboarding is virtually impossible not to just appreciate and marvel. At. I mean, I I watch it all the time where there will be people just like cruising through the park, or and I'm sure you've seen it countless times. If people stop and watch, they may have no clue what's going on. If someone skated switch, switch, nollie, whatever, they just can't help but to appreciate it. And yeah. I think that that will be um, consistent regardless of who knows about skateboarding or not, or where they're at in the world. I, I think that it's really hard not to just appreciate it and love it for because it's. It's like an it's it's just like an art form like it's just this mad like this creative thing that if for me for example um if i see ice skating i don't really know like what moves are hard i can appreciate it i um i don't know a lot about it but when i see someone perform in the olympics on the ice skating ring 
it's like that's their craft i can't help but depreciate it and i yeah. i'm happy that skateboarding will get that platform for people to just appreciate it for the art and craft and brilliant thing that it is beyond athleticism no definitely um i loved how you like mentioned how you just like to see like a a huge ollie like because the olympics are so like i don't like metric based like like times and heights and like mm-hmm. like high jump long jump 50 mm. yard like that type of thing mm. like wouldn't it be cool if Dude. there was like a actual like metric thing like the high ollie that would, the high to- ollie and long ollie would be just straight ollie no yeah. trick or anything but high ollie and low ollie like either off flat or off a hip or whatever, but, and long out that, that would be amazing. To Cause watch. that would be like more like metric based, like how the Olympics yes. like is. And that would like sans the, the judges that way. Yes. There's no, like, because so, because skateboarding is so, so like everything's subjective. Absolutely. Everything. And with that, yes. that they would just like eliminate that like subjectivity of like yeah, there's no uh, way to argue it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be super cool. I doubt that it would happen, but that would be like really tight because then you're kind it's a of cool extension for sure. Yeah, may, maybe for like a future one for sure, but then you're getting people who are like physically like built and can actually like do that really well like yeah. i mean a swimmer is a good swimmer for a, a number of reasons like might have like huge hands i don't know like with a swimmer's like build but they're built for swimming and that's their deal absolutely you know absolutely so i don't know i think that would be like a like i said like a cool a cool extension like doubt it's going to happen this first first crack but I don't know. I think that would just be like really tight because, yeah, then that would just eliminate the. You wouldn't need the, the judges to be like, well, this, this kickflip, back lip was better than, I don't know, whatever. Right, right. A big like ollie foot plant off of something, you know. Yeah, and both are equally this, sick. Yeah, like yeah. Any, like any, Dude, all skateboarding's sick. I get it, stoked on someone ollieing up a curb that's never done it before. Oh, it's heck just yeah. like it's, <laughs> When that person's doing something that's good for them, um, yeah. yeah, man. So I'm thinking when you're talking about this long ollie and high, I'm interested, like, really how far that would go. How far would it push in terms of the – distance for flat ollies and same thing with high ollies like, that would be super exciting like would it get up to like what do you i think who was it that did that really long flat ollie they were saying is one of the longest uh, i forget but anyways i don't know how long the yeah. longest ollie is. i yeah, would I be know. curious to know yeah it'd be cool if there was i don't know you can and then you could be like well are they just gonna push are they give them? Are they gonna give them like the roll in, like they do a Wallenberg? No full push, full push, <laughs> full push, flat ollie, and a full push um high ollie. Oh my god! Just like see how high you could get. 
I don't know. That that to me would be like super sick. Yeah, that would be cool. Like that that would definitely put people on like the edge of their edge of their seat and give it some like cool like competitiveness to it as well. Yes. So but I don't know. That's that's my my take. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Oh, thanks. The cat the cat's back. Um let's I love the I love the perspective one. Let's like let's let's end that one right there. That was that was rad. I'm Ricky Roberts the third and you're listening to Seven Day Weekend. I love it. We're out until next time. Thanks for listening everybody. Or watching, however you consume. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the 7 Day Weekend Podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to just have a listen and being here with us. Uh, the 7 Day Weekend Podcast is produced by 118 Media and Void. The music that you heard in the beginning and near the end was written by Ryan Delgado. And it was performed by Ryan Delgado, Drew Morris, and myself. If you wouldn't mind... And uh, if you could, you could rate this podcast and maybe write a review to uh, give listeners a little bit of context on what this podcast is about and why they might be interested in listening to it as well. So yeah, just thanks again, guys, for listening and have a great seven day weekend.